0: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus is so good. How many watched the game this afternoon? (laughs) They almost did it. (laughs) Almost. Anyway, praise God. Um, I've asked Essie to put on the screen the very first before I pray this verse, which... Look at this. In the beginning was the word... And the word was with God, and the word was God. Father, it's just so profound, just so profound, Lord, that you've given us your word, your living word, and it's God. Thank you, Lord, for the gift, for the words that are alive and active and full of power. And I ask, Lord, that you would give us revelation, knowledge tonight that you would refresh and restore and revive your people, your beloved ones, even tonight. And I thank you in advance, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So, guess what we're talking about tonight? (laughs) Renewing the mind. I think this is number seven, number six. Okay, number six. I, I did start on number seven already, but... All right, thinking God's higher thoughts. You know, somebody said to me this morning, you're going to talk about it again? <laughs> and I thought, you know, really? What's, what are the three big things in our Christian life? We get saved, number one. We get filled with the Holy Ghost, the second biggie. And the third one that will last the rest of our life is getting our minds renewed. Getting our minds, our, our minds and our wills and our emotions to come up to, to speed where our spirit is. Glory to God. So um, just to review a bit, we've been talking about this matter of transformation. Or the Greek word is metamorpho. Which, um, you know, anyway, that's what we've been talking about. We're still talking about. Romans twelve one. the Holy Spirit urges us that in the in light of, in view of the mercies of God... Who's experienced the mercies of God? We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. Now, I don't know about you, but I did that for years. Daily, giving myself to Jesus, saying, Lord, I surrender all, I give you myself, I give you myself. But I just wasn't seeing the kind of change, the kind of dramatic change that I was looking for in my life, and certainly not what God was looking for. Not until I began to live in verse 2, where it says, again, by the Holy Spirit, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Now, i got to stop here. Do not be conformed to this world. Again, I was trying really hard. I was giving it my best to not be like the world and still not seeing the dramatic changes that I believe are available to every person on planet Earth. And then, it was almost by accident. (laughs) Well, nothing's by accident with God, but then I discovered this part. Here it is, the whole secret. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, this metamorpho word is this transformed word here. It's also used in other parts of Scripture to describe the transfiguration of Jesus. So we're talking about a major change. And you all know about metamorphosis. In fact, I even talked about the four stages of the butterfly. And it's it's just as dramatic, or more so. Here's this crawling little worm becoming this soaring butterfly. But look at the dramatic change that can happen in a depraved, fallen, broken human being. Anybody there? I was. Becoming a son and daughter of the Most High God, and even taking on his divine nature. Hallelujah. And how does it happen? All because of the word of God that will change us from the inside out. Now, Jesus began his ministry, as did John the Baptist. Peter and Paul used the same key word in their preaching, repent, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And many of us were raised to to, Understand that repent meant cry, mourn, be sad. But it's more than that. It means to change your mind. It means to change your mind. And until we master this new way of thinking, we're not going to master this new way of living. Hallelujah. So uh, 2 Peter 1.3, I think I give you that scripture. We've been talking about this, where it says his divine power has given us a few things we need, For a godly life. Everything. Everything. Really does it say that? Everything. It's all been given to us friends. Everything we'll ever need to succeed in this matter of life. And to thrive. And to glorify Christ in the middle of it. And how does it happen? Through our knowledge of him. Who called us by his own glory. And goodness. Now, King James actually says, called us to his own glory and goodness. And again, it's a remarkable plan, and we've been talking about this process that God set up for us to actually partake of his divine nature. And here it is, we can actually partake of his glory and of his goodness. Hallelujah. It's been his plan from the beginning that you and I succeed, that we thrive, that we flourish in this matter of life, that we overcome. That we prevail, hallelujah, against every opposing force. And he does it by giving us his holy word and his holy spirit and an immense amount of grace that flows, not just a little bit here and there, just when we cry out for it, it's always flowing to us, hallelujah. And we are metamorphosed, changed, the Bible says, from glory to glory, not from mess to mess, Not from disaster to disaster, but from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we're reading it from the Amplified Classic here. And all of us, now I just want to stop and say that this works for every human being on the face of the earth. Everybody who will, with unveiled face, referring to a heart that's open, a heart that's receptive, because we continue to behold, not just once or twice in the Bible, like I read it already. Uh, no, you want to keep reading it and digging into it and let it be engrafted into your soul, the Bible says. Continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured. You see this word transfigured, transformed, changed from the inside out. This is this metamorpho word into his own image. Somebody put it on Facebook just recently um, that they've been praying and singing that little song about um, to be like Jesus. I remember singing that as, a, as an early Christian, just asking, begging, I just want to be like Jesus. I just want to be like Jesus. Well, here it is how to do it, <laughs> how it happened from the inside out we are actually changed into his image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. And it happens by the Spirit of God as we're beholding this glory in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it happens whether you're seeing it or not. You might look in the mirror and say, I don't see Jesus you might hear people telling you you're still, you've got this problem, you're a little short in this area, and da 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 But you know what? You are being changed. It's like what Randon said, we have the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon us, and we are being changed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Every time we expose ourselves to the force of truth, to the living, breathing words of God, we are changed. An amazing thing that God has set up, That I think it's Psalm 119, 130, that says the entrance of his words give light. I was listening to somebody. It was way over my head, most of it. But I'm just going to share a couple little nuggets. He was talking about light. It travels, what, at 185,000-some miles a second. He was saying that there's such an immensity of distance in our universe that to get like a, the light of a star to get to another place in the universe takes years. All right, you already know more than I do. A light year, it's called. Okay. But think about the Word of God then. I mean, to me, I was sitting here and he was trying to explain it, but I didn't know how he said it. But to me, that means that the Word of God planted years ago is still going to have an effect. Am I right? I mean, like our kids, what does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way he shall go. And when he is old, well, he, what? Exactly. So that word, that seed, that light is still having its effect. Glory to God. Five times in the scripture it says the just shall live by faith. Five times. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. We aren't going to be moving one inch in God. We aren't going to become even half of what God has in mind for us, or that he's destined or dreamed for us without developing and exercising our faith. It's just not going to happen. And remind me, how does faith come? You mean I can't buy it at Walmart? If random prays for me really hard and fast for three days, will I have more faith? It doesn't happen that way, friends. The only way that faith comes is by hearing and by hearing, and by hearing the word, Romans ten seventeen. Hallelujah. Now I got to ask you: Do you believe this? Yes. The Lord said to me, Debbie, do you really believe this? Do you believe that every kingdom reality is activated only by faith? Well, I said, uh, Yes, I think I do believe that, Lord. And then he, he went on, do you believe that as your faith is, so shall it be unto you? I mean, the truth is, friends, would we really get the revelation that our entire future is determined by, by what we believe? No devil in hell will be able to keep us out of the word of God. the very measure of the fullness of God that we'll see in our lives will always be in direct proportion to the amount of the word in our hearts. Praise God. God has great intention for you. He has plans, he has purposes that only you can fulfill. And Randon did that, he told us that this morning. I don't know if you all got it. There is a task, there is an assignment on your life There's a book just for you with all of the plan that nobody else can fulfill. Nobody. And the uniqueness you were talking about, Lowell, in Sunday school. Of course, the devil comes with that lie. There is something uniquely wrong with you. Ha! The truth is there is something uniquely right with me. Hallelujah! And I'm going to make sure that God's total plan and will is accomplished. So several years ago, Pastor Dave shared the history of the four-minute mile. Did anybody hear that message? Or maybe you already know about it. You know, he was explaining that there was all this scientific data even. And so I looked it up, and it's true. They had written all this stuff that nobody could run the four-minute mile. It was impossible for the human body. And then it was done. May 6, 1954. Roger Bannister did it, and it wasn't even a good day. You know that? It had been raining. It was windy. Even during the race, there was a crosswind blowing across the track, and he still did it in 3 minutes and 59.4 seconds. And how did it happen? How do you suppose? Because he believed it before it happened. He had done some research. He'd been researching it for years And he believed it could be done. Hallelujah. And friends, God wants us to believe for and experience higher things than what you're experiencing right now. And for some of you, your higher things might even be laughable. Like Abraham and Sarah. I mean, they laughed even after what? They'd waited some 25 years. Prayed, believed, and still, when it came right down to it that it was going to happen, they laughed. There's some laughable things for you ahead. If you can just believe, glory to God. What if the curtain was drawn just for a moment and you could grasp the thousand possibilities in front of you this year alone? Mm, The angels that are hanging around, just hanging around. If you don't believe me, check out Psalm 103, verse 20. The angels are just hanging around you with their hand cupped around their ear, just waiting to hear the word of God coming out of your mouth so they can race to accomplish it. Hallelujah. What if by revelation we could see the divine setups that he's already set up for you, that already are in place? I have this quote on the inside of my Bible that says that the most introverted person on the face of the earth will still influence 10,000 people. The most introverted person. So you people who are gregarious and sanguine personality, double it at least, right? We need our minds constantly renewed for ourselves definitely, but also for the people around us. Hallelujah. What about the young people God has placed in your life? What about that neighbor down the street? What about that person you keep encountering at the gym or the coffee shop or even at the store? Your own kids, your own grandkids. There are simply no coincidences. You keep running into somebody, I'll tell you what, God has a setup. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So tonight, I'd like to deal a little bit with some of the lies that we tend to believe because it's the only weapon that our enemy has. Do you know that? I mean, he's defeated. He's already been defeated. And all he's got is the lie. And he hasn't changed his tactic a bit. He still does it the same way he's done it from the beginning of time to infiltrate our minds with the lies And to intimidate. And he's counting on people to be completely ignorant of the word of God. But if we could pay attention to what we believe, even, I mean, sometimes we're not aware what's in our subconscious at the subconscious level. But if we could start paying attention to what we believe, we're going to find that what we believe will determine what we experience. Now, I've touched on some of these truths already in past weeks. For example, that we are pawns in the game of life. That it's all fate. That whatever will be, will be. Or what do they say nowadays? It is what it is. That's just not true, friends. The Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee. So if he's full of lies, we want to be full of truth. If he exists to kill, we want to walk in newness of life. If he exists to destroy, let's be people who build up. If he's going to be the one who steals, we're going to be givers. If he's going to take the word out of people's hearts, we're going to just keep planting it. Hallelujah. So I had ten. I had to cut it down to five because I had a few too many, but we'll just continue next Wednesday night, huh? All right, here's the first one. We can agree with God. And believe that our sins are forgiven. That every single one is thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Micah 7:19. We can be persuaded, convinced that Jesus paid the complete penalty. That he took all of the punishment on himself. That we can be forever and completely righteous in his sight. Or we can constantly rehash that mistake. That failure, that mistake, that that failure, that character flaw, that unique wrong thing about you that the enemy keeps pointing out. And live in shame and guilt and condemnation. And Satan just loves to come with that lie. You're not worthy. Don't even think of coming to the throne of grace today. (laughs) And... You need to suffer a little bit. In fact, this, this disease that you're dealing with or this issue that you're, it's probably because of what you did way back then. I mean, he's just, he just never quits. But what does truth say? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. Truth says there is glorious liberty for the children of God. John 8, 36 says, Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. Hey, say that with me. I am, free indeed. I am free indeed. Sin has no more hold on me. Hallelujah. When the devil talks to you about your past, you need to talk to him about his future. <laughs> Glory to God. Number two, we can believe that this good, good God has loved us forever. We can believe that he calls us his own, that he actually describes us mine, beloved, cherished one. He has adopted us, the Bible says, as his own children, that he loves, even yearns to be with us, or the lie pressed on us even by religion, that God is a punishing God, that he's a distant God, Jeannie had this cool little post, didn't she, this this weekend, about how he sings over us, dances over us, laughs, exalts over us with love. That's what we can believe. Hallelujah. Because if you choose to believe religion's lie, that he will punish, that he keeps himself at a distance because there's something wrong with you, we're going to miss out on the goodness and the nearness of a father deeply in love with his children. We can believe that we are, this is a third one, the victim of lousy circumstances. We talked about this victim issue last time. That if it just wasn't for this person in my life, my mother, my father, if it just wasn't for my, my first husband, or my ex-husband, if it just wasn't for that neighbor down the street. I mean, we could have this long list. My life would be happy. I would have been more educated, I would have been more successful, on and on and on. Or we can choose to agree with God that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, that he always causes us to triumph, that we are the head and not the tail, that the blessing of God upon us simply cannot be reversed. Glory to God. I heard Joel Osteen give this simplistic explanation of faith the other day on the radio. He said, and of course, he had a suit on that was dark blue. And he said, now, if I say my suit is white and it's really dark blue, he says, I'm lying. But if God said my suit is white and I agree with God, my suit is getting ready to change colors. And I thought, wow, that's good. That's good. Hallelujah. Faith isn't so much a choice, friends, as it's a substance. Hebrews 11, 1, faith is the evidence of things not seen. I did it wrong. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a substance. It's the very building block of the kingdom, like fear is the building block of The kingdom of darkness. And when we hear the word and we mix it with faith, and we hear the word and we mix it with faith, it creates substance, the substance, the substance of faith. Uh, One translation actually calls it the title deed. It's the confirmation, the assurance that what we're believing is going to happen. I want to share one other little story with you before we go on here. There was a man (coughs) in the story sitting by the gate of a village And he was just kind of hanging out there. And a man came by and he had a backpack, you know, all of his belongings, I guess. He says, well, I'm looking for a village, a place to settle in. Tell me about this village. What's it like? And the old man says, well, tell me about the people where you came from. And he says, oh, they were selfish. They were hard-nosed and all they did was care about themselves and I can't remember the other word that he used here. Difficult to get along with. And the old man says, well, that's exactly what you're going to find in this village. Okay, so he says he kept going down the road. And then another man, same thing, the next day, I'm looking for a place to live. Tell me about this village of yours. And he says, well, tell me about yours, where you came from. He said, oh, such warm and loving people always giving, always kind. And the old man said to him, that's exactly what you're going to find in this village. Now, how do you explain that? How do you explain those two answers like that? It all had to do with the man's thinking and how he perceived people. You see, if we want to change our outside, our circumstances, even the people in our life, we first have to change what's on the inside of us. You know, the first time I heard that phrase, I think it was Brother um, Bishop, is that what his name was? Kun Kun from Africa. He, When he was doing the whole study on Gideon, and he used that phrase in there, he said, we need to have our minds renewed about the people in our life. And I remember thinking, what does he mean by that? But I'm starting to understand. Because it has to do with, I mean, even like my piano students or the, the college students, if I see them as a pain, just a big trouble, a big problem, you know what? That's how it's, it's going to come across to them. But if I see them as great people with great possibility, great potential, I'm going to treat them different, right? Yeah. Hallelujah. So here's number four. We can be convinced that we're weak, that we're sick, that we're barely hanging on, that this is my lot in life, my cross to bear. God is teaching me something here. He's gifted me with this whatever. I mean, people got all kinds of things. And I, uh, I was there, friends, <laughs> until I opened the Word of God. You can't hardly read one page without running into the healing God. The healing God. Hallelujah. We can get our minds renewed in the Word of God and see over and over that in Christ we live and move and have our being that we are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might that we are strengthened in fact by the might of God Do you have that verse for me Ephesians 3:16 The King James says we are strengthened with his might according to the riches of his glory I want you to see it in the passion translation Now this is all part of a prayer that Paul's been praying for the people of Ephesians of Ephesus sorry I pray that he would unveil within you. So we're talking about a revelation, an understanding, breaking in. That he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and his favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. I mean, I don't know if you can get a hold of this. Woof. This looks to me like it all has to do... The strength flowing into me... Has to do with me getting this revelation. His might and his strength... That it's already within us. Hallelujah. That the same spirit... What if we understood that the same spirit... That raised Christ from the dead... Did I give you that verse too Or not? Romans 8 11. This is in present tense, friends... I hear a lot of people say that when it says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that's okay if I didn't give it to you. <clears throat> How does it say it? <clears throat> Let me quick look it up. Romans eight eleven. Romans eight eleven. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. All right, so does it say shall? Yes, shall also quicken. Well, okay, so I suppose we could all think that'll happen when we get to heaven. Except then my body won't be mortal anymore, will it? Aha, <laughs> uh-huh, we got a revelation. Yes, he's quickening our mortal body by that same glorious Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I'll tell you one of my life verses. Did I give you hebrews eleven thirty four? This is the faith chapter, Hebrews eleven, and there's a this little verse stuck way back in the end of the chapter in verse thirty four that says, "Out of weakness were made strong. Now there's a life verse of mine, because I was weak. I was, I think one of the translations says feeble. Yeah. My weakness was turned to strength. And part of it, friends, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. It really is, what did you say? Powerful. Powerful. (laughs) It has to do with faith. It has to do with getting the revelation and letting it break through all this hardness, all of these lies, all of this... Even religious junk that somehow we think that we're supposed to be sick, we're supposed to be weak, we're supposed to barely hang on. No, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Hallelujah. All right, I got one more for you, number five. We can be persuaded that life is hard, that affliction is our lot, that everything is a battle. And when I lost my baby in nineteen ninety five I think it was um, my really good friend Nancy's husband walked into the hospital room, Larry, and that's actually what he said to me. he says, and he had tears in his eyes, he was so broken. he said, "Debbie, life is just so hard, and it's just one battle after the other and i think I believe I think he really believed that, and of course, I kind of took it in and And I'll admit, I grieved, I mourned for at least a year, deep sorrow. And then one day the Lord just said, that is enough. And he taught me how to praise and how to worship, and that's when I started going for these walks. So I could sing out loud and pray out loud and start to learn how to get happy. (laughs) That took a few years for me to get to that place, but... Anyway, then, uh, then a couple of years later, the Lord gave me this amazing verse. I hope I gave you Proverbs fifteen fifteen because I really want everybody to see that one. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so this is two different mindsets that the man here in Proverbs is showing us. All the days of the afflicted are evil. That's a mindset we can live with. Like affliction, everybody's going to have affliction. I've sure got my share. Or, here's the second one, he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. And I'm thinking, what? Is that possible? It is. It is, it is, it is. Friends, Jesus invites us to feed on his faithfulness. He says, delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So I decided to take Jesus up on it. This gift of joy. Joy. This gift of a merry heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm reading, uh, has anyone read the Mitford Midford series by Jen? What's her last name? Karen? Okay, well, anyway, I'm on book seven or eight. And this guy is always quoting from all the, the a, lot, a lot about the Bible and then other literary people. Anyway, here's a quote, and I, don't, I didn't write it down who it's by, but he wrote, whenever I'm in the cellar of affliction, I make sure to look for the wine. And I thought, wow, that is so good. I mean, we've got this new wine, friend, of the Holy Ghost. And isn't this whole thing of the renewing of the mind is about the new wineskins that we've got to get? The new minds, the new wineskins, so we can contain this new wine. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, come on, learn of me. Take the easy yoke. My burden is light. And my grace is completely and totally sufficient for you. Glory to God. So I got some declarations for you. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. All right. Praise God. I'm committed to relentlessly renewing my mind with the living words of the living God. Daily, I'm exposing my mind to the truth. The truth truth that sets men free. free. Daily, Daily. I'm positioning my heart heart for Holy Ghost transformation. transformation. I'm I'm impacting my world with the God life within me. I consistently bring God encounters to other people. Mm. Yeah, I found this one a couple months ago, and I've been like, what, Debbie, is that true? Can I believe that one? Let's say that one again. I consistently bring God encounters to other people. I am forgiven. Every sin is under the blood. Thrown into, thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. I am unquestionably free. Am unquestionably free. Free, of free of guilt. Free of shame. Free of, shame. Free of, condemnation. Free of condemnation. He has loved me forever. He has loved me forever. Mm, say that again. He has, loved me forever. he has loved me forever. I live now as his beloved. the one cherished cherished. and cared for for. by the eternal Eternal. and tended to by the great physician. The The life of God permeates me through and through. through through. I walk in ever-increasing health health. and ever-increasing wholeness. Praise God. I'm more than a conqueror. conqueror. He causes me to triumph. triumph. I'm blessed with a blessing that cannot be reversed. reversed. I'm taking on his easy yoke. I'm I'm choosing the merry heart heart and and the continual feast. And in his presence is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Jesus. You are more than enough. More than enough. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gladness in our hearts. Thank you for the merriness, Lord. The very presence of Jesus abounding in us. Thank you for the glorious work you've done and are continuing to do in your wonderful and in your beautiful people, Lord, and I thank you. I thank you that they'll never be the same again. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for the seed of your word that is revealing and granting revelation and flooding us with that supernatural power we read about in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and I release power to you and strength to you and wholeness to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'd be glad to agree with anybody for anything that you desire prayer for. Otherwise, have an amazing week. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at Brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 630 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.